listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Wednesday afternoon. Now, let's turn to our next topic and guests of today. In the next 10 minutes or so, we're talking to filmmaker and director Yilin Jung about her debut film, 1AM in Hong Kong, which is now part of the 36th International Short Film Festival in Berlin 2020, which runs from the 11th all the way through to the 13th of December. You can go to interfilm.de uh, to check it out and uh, I'll post all the information on our Facebook page and Yiling joins us this afternoon. Great to meet you. How are you doing, Yiling? Great. Hi, Doreen. I'm Yiling, the director of the film 1AM in Hong Kong. Hi, everyone. We are also uh, on Facebook Live as well, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. So do join us there and uh, you can see and hear Yiling there. So tell us a little bit about the film, uh, 1AM in Hong Kong, which the way it's written also looks like I am in Hong Kong. Yes, right. That's, that's, that's um, what t- my teammates and I was thinking when we name it. Um, this way because uh, when we were shooting actually we don't have like a specific time that we have to shoot at 1 a.m but 1 a.m it looks so much like i am in hong kong and it's uh, connected to our theme about identity search and identity uh, try to find your identity and we just think it really fine to have it this way like if you don't look it carefully you can try you can translate it interpret it into another meaning yeah that's what i thought and then i looked closely i was like oh it's 1 a.m in hong kong i'm so happy you see that so tell us about the film what is it about well it's about uh me as an outsider went out to explore hong kong really late at night and the the contact is in the last year in the past past year of hong kong and i would explore things in hong kong as an outsider's perspective and i would look at i would use my voiceover to string every story together so basically we talk to strangers on streets and ask their thoughts where they are out at Hong Kong and how are they feeling about this year. And after every interview in that film, I would use my voiceover to reflect it to the interviewer's thoughts and give what I was thinking about, about what he said about, um, about life, about Hong Kong. And this cons- consists of um, identity search and um, and think and thoughts about life like like is is a like a kind of hard way to live a life you have to work at night and is kind of trying to find my position as an outsider in Hong Kong and how difficult it was for us to shoot at night because we will present some scenes that people stop us from shooting. It's a it's an adventure. If you watch it, it's like you would you are walking with us to to do this night trip. Who were some of the people you spoke to? I mean, late at night, some people have to work in Hong Kong. Who are the people that you were able to talk to and interview? 
Sorry, sorry. I, I just dis I just, I just got no disconnected problem. and can reply. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, I was asking is because your your film is called One A.M. in Hong Kong, so yeah. it's really Hong Kong in the nighttime. Who are some of the people yeah. you spoke to? Who are the people who were awake at One A.M. or late in the or early in the morning, if you like, um, wandering around the streets of Hong Kong? Who are these people you spoke to? Yeah, we uh, most of the uh, people we spoke to, they are actually um, on the way home from work or on the way to work, and most of them are elderly. Like they they have been working so late for their whole life, and they just cannot fall asleep even they are retired. So they are just wandering out at night, even they even they don't have don't actually have anything else to do, and most. And the other important part is um, security stuff. We talked to a lot of security stuff because they are part of the important, uh, the important part of the people who works at night. And I specifically talked to this one female stuff, uh, yes. stuff. yeah, because she's um, in this small figure and with really soft voice. And I just feel like if I didn't know her job and I met her during the day, I would just think of her as a really tender and soft woman. But she's she's a security staff at night and she doesn't feel a big deal about it. She just think it's a good way to, to take care of the family. And she is very used to the life. And I'm impressed by her. Um, how brave she is in, in her responsibility to us to her family. And some of the some of the the people we talked to we didn't present in the film are ladies who collected cardboards. They they are they are also very they can very seen them all very often at night they are out and collecting cardboards with their little trolley. We talked to them, but we cannot present in, in the film because none of them allows us to. But I also, I'm also really respect what they are doing because they 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 are all very efficient and in in what they are doing. They are very familiar with the process. That they are organized, and they didn't they didn't show any fear about working at night, and they kind of proud of what they are doing. Like they are doing something very. Uh, meaning for doing recycling. Some of them are doing this for um, making money for their for their life. Some just just doing for recycling. Some just trying to find something to do because they are old and they want to kill the time. Yeah, and I also we also speak to some foreigners that they are here as an outsider. They are states sitting at the stairs or sitting by the road and that was with their suitcase and they just started their life at a at a strange uh, at, at a total strange city but they also didn't let us put them in the city but i i think it's fine to talk to them yeah. I, I really like the as you mentioned just now the lady security guard that you interviewed i really mm -hmm. really liked her story so much because mm -hmm. like you said you know, she was so soft-spoken. You wouldn't picture her being a security guard at nighttime. Yes, and yes. her story really touched me because 
I don't want to give so much away, so I really want our audience to watch your film. But, you know, she wanted to do her job because she wanted to spend time with her family so that she would be able to earn money in the nighttime and then spend time with her family in the daytime and it really touched my heart it's it's so touching that you were able to find these figures because if we walk around in the daytime we can't find these people you know they work in the nighttime yeah. so they can spend time uh, with with their family um why did you focus at the nighttime to to, to find these people at nighttime what was so, what, what's so special about hong kong in the nighttime well i because I, I I used to be a very health healthy person. I just really like to go to bed early. But when I come to <laughs> well, uh, when I came to Hong Kong, there are just so many things happened, and I always feel so stressed out. And my friend just asked me to go out, and I asked if I want to um, climb climb the mountain behind our campus. And the first time I went out with her. When we when we uh, when it, when we go down from the top of the mountain, it's about one a.m. and we go past the center street, yes. and I saw this old man sitting at the stairs with a bot a, a, a empty wine bottle be, be, beside him, and at that moment, two of us just stands there and we feel this strong loneliness towards this old man because he was sitting at a stair facing the ocean and he didn't move and so didn't we, we just watch him. And at that moment, I I just think it, the night is so tolerant. It allows people to give, a, give up uh, their feelings. And after that, we just started to go out more and more often at night. And sometimes I just see like when I pass by one person, he was looking at a lamp at, at the lamp on the street. And when I when I came back after two hours ago, he was still there staring at the lamp. Still I was just think how yeah, how does how how lonely is he? So he can just spend time there and I don't know what he was thinking. So I just, I just um, during all those, all those nights, I was just trying to relax myself. I saw a lot of people um, wandering around lonely at night. So before I started shooting this film, I was actually trying to present like the loneliness in the city, and maybe there is some romantic story behind, like a heartbreak, and and. But it, it went out to a different it, it went out a different way, but I I like how the things go. And also when I went out at night, I like to spend the time beside the sea. It's very easy to go to the sea at Hong Kong. And when I was sitting at the pier of Sign very near to the Hong Kong Macau Island uh pier, and there is a ship going around. Even even it's like so late, it's three it's three a.m. But um, the different thing about the ship at night is that at night the, the sea would 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 have a rising tide and it just keep pushing the, the ship um, closing to you. I never seen a ship so close to me, and and the first time I see that, I feel like if I was in a dream with all the darkness surrounding me and there's a big so gigantic coming towards me. And all the um, lights reflected on the seas, on sea, just gleaming. And 
it just feels so strange and amazing. Like you can never have that feeling at night. And I just think there must be more about nights that that can only be seen at a specific time. So I really like to explore it. Yeah. Um, Yiling, you mentioned a few times just now that you're an outsider here in Hong Kong. Um, you're from the mainland originally and you came to Hong Kong t- to study. Do you feel like an outsider in Hong Kong? And, um, you know, Hong Kong is part of the mainland. You know, do, do you feel connected to Hong Kong in, in, a, in a way or do you still feel like an outsider now after living in Hong Kong for, for so long? Um, and how does being an outsider um, help you to see Hong Kong uh with these sort of fresh eyes to focus on, you know, the people picking up cardboard where perhaps if people living in Hong Kong, maybe they're so used to it, they don't even see it anymore. Yes, yes. I, um, I think um, for a first question, I don't feel that much as an outsider now. I don't know if it's like just a stereotype of me that makes me feel uncomfortable to speak Mandarin when I first came here. For the um, past half year, I actually met a lot of kind Hong Kongers who, uh, when I try to speak Cantonese to them, they actually know I cannot speak Cantonese. They would slow down and talk to me to make me try to understand. And sometimes even would just use a very awkward uh, Mandarin to, to talk to me. And they just don't care. That make, makes them uh, more hard uh, to express themselves. So I actually feel more welcomed in the past few, past past half year. I don't know if it's the big environment uh, has changed or or it's me changed and try to speak Cantonese to fit in. Um, in the if when I first came here, I always feel that if I speak Mandarin, I would be treated differently, and that sometimes do happen because when I was doing my assignment outside, I would try to talk to people. And if I was holding a camera, people would be very sensitive and say, who are you? Why can't you speak Cantonese? What are you filming? You must delete it. And that do happen many times past year. Oh, wow. And many of my I- friends who came from Milan also feel that way. So we all, always say that we feel like um, it's like we, we always try to not to speak anything in Hong Kong when we even when we do grocery we just pick up things and we don't speak we just give the money we try not to present our identity or we speak in English yeah how does that make you uh, feel at first it feel very um stressful and I I feel like I want to get out of Hong Kong as soon as I graduate but but now I have uh, learned a lot of Cantonese I can actually understand what people are thinking. And I think sometimes people don't like you speak Mandarin just because it's um, not convenient for them to speak to you. And now that I have learned a lot of Cantonese, actually it's much more easier for me to speak to people. And and I, I hope that maybe someday that, I, because I, um, I don't. I don't know this uh, because many people feel the same way. So maybe it's not my stereotype that speaking Mandarin can be treated differently. So I, I hope that maybe someday that these things can, cannot happen when people try to, 
uh, when people try to treat others differently because of language, I hope that can give a second thought that language are people, what language uh, people speak are they, they were born to, they don't, they don't choose their natives. Uh, language. Yeah. It doesn't define a people. I agree. And you ask a very, very poignant question in the film um, about whether Mm -hmm. people who speak the same language as you, whether or not they will hurt you and people who don't speak the same language Mm -hmm. as you, will they hurt you? You know, it doesn't mean doesn't mean if you speak the same language, you are necessarily friends. And if you speak a different language, doesn't mean you're enemies. I think it's a very philosophical question uh, you asked. I want to very quickly before the news, I love the technique you use for the the filming technique um, for your film. Uh, Yiling, forgive me, I'm not very good with the with the terminology, but is it still frames that you used? Um, So you, you had a still angle and the camera didn't move. Talk us through that technique and why you chose that. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I chose that because the thing we were shooting were objects that all that um, happens during the night time. So it's looked like we can set up a scene and set up all this equipment so it was all ready to move or a tripod to have a beautiful movement. And it's much more convenient to use uh, a still a still frame. And when whatever you see that's interesting, just stop and, and keep, just start shooting. And the other thing about this is that when the frame is is still and there's only one object moving, you you can actually focusing on that object and you can um, be more focusing on what's happening and get involved into a film. It's my 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 thoughts. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's really good because because the frame was still, you're able to just as an audience, I was able to just focus on the movement of the characters yes. and you follow yes. them uh, a lot more. Well, personally for me, and I also know that uh, one a.m. in Hong Kong is uh, a part of the thirty sixth International Short Film Festival in Berlin, twenty twenty. Uh, you have entered uh, it, so uh, we don't know the results yet. We wish you the best of luck for for for, yes. for the prize. Uh, we, we hope you win. Um, remind our listeners once again, Yiling, how can they find out more about the film? Is it on social media or how can we follow your work and, and support it? Well, you can, you can find this film on the Interfilms website and they also post more about this festival on their Instagram or Facebook on the social website. You can actually get tickets on their website to see not only my film but many wonderful short films this year on if you can just google interfilm i think you can find it yes and i'll also put a link on on the facebook page as well uh, so people can see 1am in hong kong which is directed by yiling zhang uh, who's also a filmmaker um best of luck yiling thank you so much for your time today and uh, we we hope uh, you'll you. win um and i look forward to interviewing you again soon in the future thank you so much Thank you. Thank you so much.